Welcome to the blogcast Mujeres Fronterizas. My name is Sofia Rodriguez McGoffin, and this is the next installment in a series for the Sky Island Alliance featuring women in conservation in the borderlands. For today's episode, I interview Dr. Iracema Coronado, who is the director and professor of the School of Transborder Studies at Arizona State University. Dr. Coronado has a PhD in political science, and her research focuses on immigration, human rights, and environmental policy on the border. Thank you, Iracema, for joining us today. My first question for you is about your career journey. Uh, would you be able to walk me and the audience through your first job and where you are now? Well, thank you very much for the opportunity to share my career journey with you. Ever since I can remember, I knew that I wanted to be a teacher, that I wanted to be in a school setting because I love learning. And uh, as my I finished my uh, bachelor's degree in political science, I continued on to my master's program in Latin American studies. And at that point, I met a professor who really changed my life. And he said to me, we're going to make a political scientist out of you. And he was an expert on the U.S.-Mexico border politics. And so I started taking his classes and I became um, his student. He was the person who chaired my dissertation. And I'm truly in debt to him for having mentored and guided me through my um, academic career. My first quote unquote real job was at a small Catholic university in San Antonio, Texas. And then from there, I moved to the University of Texas at El Paso, where I found um, my research aligned with the region, with the community, with the setting. And it was just a perfect opportunity for me to really thrive academically in that place. Uh, Additionally, I became uh, very interested in administration, and I was tapped to be chair of the Department of Political Science there. And then I went on to become an associate dean in the College of Liberal Arts. And subsequently, I ended up uh, as an associate provost at the University of Texas at El Paso. And that's where I really realized I could become an academic leader and help nurture the next uh, professors and the next graduate students into the profession. So that was very exciting. While at the University of Texas at El Paso, I was tapped to serve on the Joint Public Advisory Committee of the Commission for Environmental Cooperation of North America. And that later led me to become, uh, to be considered and to eventually receive the, the position of Executive Director of the Commission for Environmental Cooperation of North America. And I was able to serve both the United States, Mexico, and Canada. Uh, in that capacity. It was a very exciting opportunity. It was a three-year leave of absence that I took from my university, and I uh, was able to promote environmental cooperation throughout the North America. After my three-year mandate was over, I returned to my professor position at the University of Texas at El Paso, And at that time, um, I was recruited by Arizona State University to apply for the position of the director of the School of Transborder Studies, which really aligned with my professional career. And it's really been, I would say, a highlight to be here at Arizona State University and to direct the School of Transborder Studies. So it's been very exciting. Oh, wow. It's such an impressive trajectory. And I find it so interesting, this focus on the trans-border cooperation. I'm wondering if you could 
just shed a little bit of light for us what that experience was like and uh, any insights that you that you might want to share. Well, prior to that, you know, I grew up uh, on the U.S.-Mexico border. I grew up in Nogales, and when I was growing up, uh, Nogales, Arizona, and Nogales, Sonora were far more integrated and interdependent. I remember as a child crossing the border maybe five to six times a day because it was really like going from one part of the city to another. Uh, And my family was a very binational, bilingual, bicultural family, so it was not unusual for us to you know, be comfortable on both sides of the border. And so that really is, is many, in many ways, socialized me into the border region and into really comparative politics, because I remember asking my, my, my parents as a small child, you know, why is life so different in Nogales, Arizona and Nogales, Sonora? Why are the children begging on the streets? Why is Nogales, Arizona more orderly than Nogales, Sonora? And my father would always say, it's politics, it's politics, it's politics. So I, mm. I joke and I tell everyone I became a comparative political scientist when I was very, very small because of my upbringing. And my family was always very interested in politics on both sides of the border. So we read Mexican newspapers, we read Arizona newspapers. And so um, we were kind of had the pulse on the political activities of both sides. Oh, wow. So you had these early experiences of navigating a very political space and then being encouraged to kind of see the politics of it. And then you had this professor in, in, at the college stage who who probably tuned into that maybe and I'm wondering if you had any kind of other inspirations along your trajectory that that pushed you in the direction that you went well I I remember that as a child I read a set of encyclopedias that my family bought and I remember I got to um, the part that had the description of a liberal arts education and I read about sociology and anthropology and history and philosophy. And when I got to the political science description, it said it's the study of power. And I thought, oh my God, I want to do that. I want to make sure that I that I you know study you know who has power, who wields it, who uses it, who can keep it, who can take it away. And to me, that was just really a fascinating kind of experience. So I, again, I always knew I wanted to be a teacher. I always knew that I wanted to be a professor. I always knew that I wanted to do research and to make a difference. And I think another life-changing event was when I attended my first ever American Political Science Association meeting many, many years ago in Atlanta, Georgia. And that really was a... um, a change uh, maker for me because I realized I want to change the field of political science. I want it to be different. Politics is many things to many different people. And I felt that it was too traditional, that it was not inclusive, that it was rather narrow. And I wanted to contribute to changing the field of political science. And I joined the Latino Caucus at the time. And that to me, you know, now we've celebrated over 20 years of being a caucus and changing the field of political science. And so that's been very exciting. Wow. So there's a lot here to unpack. And so um, I'm very curious about uh, you talk about changing the field of poli sci. And I think also your work is probably also kind of redistributing if not redistributing power, maybe making those power differentials more visible in your work, would you say that's a good uh, characterization? Oh, like, what's your, what's your focus on 
power and yeah how do you how do you think about that as someone who thinks about u.s mexico relations well i mean you know we need to understand that uh, there are economic forces at play here there's a geographical setting that we need to take into account and of course you know immigration which is a huge it's a huge issue but i think that you know we need to have more people at the table uh, who can inform public policymakers about the reality of our region our way of life as opposed to what the media is covering. And I think that's a big power differential that we're trying to, to chip away at and to say, look, the reality is very different. And how do you change that narrative about the border rather than it being uh, so negatively constructed by the media to say, look, this is an enriching, exciting, dynamic, economically vibrant place that has a lot to offer and it's not all bad, right? And so how do we change that? And so I think I've been trying very hard to make sure that many of my students that have gone on to work in different levels of governments at all, on bo in both sides of the border, that they take with them this opportunity to inform and change the narrative. So that makes me think about the, the potential challenges that you may have faced. And um, I'm wondering if you can share a few. Oh my God, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, well, you know, many challenges. I mean, for one, uh, you know, as, a, as, an associate, as an assistant professor trying to get tenure, um, I remember many years ago, a colleague saying, well, what you do is not real political science, the kind of research that you do. And I said, well, what do you mean? It's not real political science, you know? And um, I, I was devastated, but I thought, you know, that's his interpretation and I have mine, right? So how do you uh, chip away at uh, these agendas that are already set, that you have to publish in certain journals, that you have to do research a certain way, that you have to use certain methods? And I'm like, no, I bring a whole different perspective, one of a borderlander, of a fronteriza, of a Chicana, Mexicana, Latina, of a, of a feminist, um, of an environmentalist, and I want to change things. And so rather than it being a, a barrier, I'm like, okay, this is an opportunity for me to work harder and to really inform uh, you know, and change the field in many ways. And so was it was it a challenge? Absolutely. But, you know, I'm now a full professor. At one point, I, I had an endowed professorship at the University of Texas at El Paso. So I've paid my dues. I've done what I needed to do, but it's it's hard. And I feel now as an academic leader that I need to be more open and inclusive and in paving the way for new professors, for new faculty, for new scholars, to um, have an opportunity to have different scholarships, different methodologies, different ways of looking at the world. And that's why I'm more comfortable, I think, in an interdisciplinary space than I am in a traditional um, department. And that's why I think Arizona State University is such a welcomed uh, place for me because we do thrive on innovation and interdisciplinary research. Wow. It's uh, it's so inspiring to hear you, and I I love the interdisciplinary focus and and the thinking of inclusivity of the next generation of professors and the new perspectives. It must help keep you motivated to probably 
bringing on people with new perspectives and I'm wondering if there's any other ways that you stay motivated and focused on your goals. Well, I think I, I like working with young people. I like uh, cultivating future leaders in the academy. I like working with faculty members who are on the tenure track. I like uh, promoting people so that they can, you know, from assistant to associate professor to full professor, I'm always pushing my colleagues to achieve the highest uh, level of recognition in our field. And I think that, that that's my job as a leader. And I think we're all trying to be good role models for our students that they too can do something like this. And at the same time, do research that informs public policy making so that we have better um, policy outcomes at the end of the day. Right. And that inclusion of a new perspective kind of speaks to what you what you talked about earlier, which is more participatory spaces. Right. And kind of having more it. It seems so important to the policymaking space to have diverse perspectives. Oh, absolutely. And to make sure that you include the target population that you're trying to benefit in the decision making process. You know, policymaking should be a bottom up sort of process, not a top down. And I think you need an empowered citizens, vocal activist who are going to ensure that the people's wills and wishes and desires are, are heard and, and represented in policymaking. Right. What advice would you give to someone starting their career in, uh, in poli-sci and trying to do the work that you have done? Well, I, I think they need to be committed to what their interests and their passions are. Uh, we need people with a variety of perspectives. We need people to understand voting behavior. We need people to understand why people run for office. We need to understand how policy is made. We need to understand the legislative process. So there's a lot that we need to know and work in. So there's plenty of room for anybody and for everyone who wants to pursue a career in political science. So I encourage people to think about, do you want to specialize on the courts? Do you want to specialize in Congress? Do you want to specialize in international relations or comparative politics? But make sure that you do it and that you're passionate about it and that you love what you do because otherwise it becomes work. And when it becomes work, it's no fun. And when you get up every day excited about your research, about your um, your teaching, then it, it's love. It, you love it. You do it. And it, it's not work at all. I never feel like I'm at work. I love what I do. And I, I know I'm very privileged because I get up every day excited about what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I know some people are not as lucky as I am. So um, love what you do. Do it with a passion and you'll have a great life and you will never have to work a day in your life. Hmm, well said. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Stay tuned for our next episode on Mujeres Fronterizas.